Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Today, I'd like to do something a little different on the podcast. I'd like to share six quick things you can implement on your website to improve your SEO, and each task should take about 20 minutes or less to complete. My goal here is just to share a few super common things I see come up again and again when I'm auditing websites that are relatively simple to change. If you're an experienced blogger, hopefully you already have a lot of these things in place, but I do have kind of my last tip is a little more advanced. But regardless of where you are in the blogging journey, I know that sometimes it's easy to get tunnel vision on your website and just sort of gloss over some of the basics. So having kind of like a third party come in and be like, hey, like just go in and double check. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Can be helpful. So this is, of course, far from a comprehensive SEO checklist. In fact, this is probably just like little, the little tiniest things you could do, um, but those little tiny things can add up. So I just sort of handpicked six quick tips, again, that will take 20 minutes or less to implement for each tip, and let's go through them one by one. Hopefully at least one, if not all of them, will apply to you and give you a nice little website improvement this week. So tip number one is to optimize your homepage's title tag. And if you're listening to this and you're already like, what? Title tag? What are you talking about? Like you've already lost me. Then I want you to do just a very simple exercise real quick. Open a new browser window on your computer. It has to be on a computer for this particular task, not mobile. And Google your business name. Hopefully your website is the first thing that comes up. But if not, scroll until you find it. When you see your website in the search results, you should see the name of your brand or website right there as the main link to click on. If all that you see there is the name of your website or brand name, and there's nothing else there, like no other text added onto the end, then you have a chance to do some optimization here. You also might see something like the name of your brand colon home, for example, uh, meaning like this is the link to your homepage, then if that's what you see, you also have some opportunity for optimization here as well. So let's, let's flesh this out with a real example. If you Google the brand, The Real Food Dietitians, which is a food blog run by a pair of dietitians, you will see that the first result in Google is the name of their website colon home. So it literally reads the real food dietitians colon home. And that's the link that you click to get to their homepage if you're searching directly for this website's brand. And now this isn't like a huge make it or break it thing here. Chances are if someone is searching for your brand name directly, they already know about you and your website and they're already trying to visit your website intentionally. So whatever text you have there isn't gonna be like a make it or break it on whether someone clicks. But there is probably some percentage of people who are Googling a brand because someone told them about it. Maybe their friend was like, oh my God, you have to check out this website, The Real Food Dietitians. They have the best weeknight recipes for your family. So the friend Googles it and they see that result with the title of the the website colon home. Sure, they're still probably going to click into your site, but they're going in kind of blind. They don't have much of an idea of what your website is about because you haven't provided any more information there within the title tag. 
The title tag is the clickable title for the page that is getting displayed in the search results for any given page or post on your website. And it's just a missed opportunity to really draw someone in and make them feel like, yes, this website is exactly what I'm looking for. I have to click. If you haven't optimized it, it's just kind of ho-hum, right? So let's go over a well-optimized example for comparison. Try Googling the brand a little bit yummy. Now, when you're first hearing that name, you're probably not 100% sure what type of content that website would provide, right? Maybe something about food, but other than that, it's unclear. But when you look at their search result listing, the title tag is super well optimized to include keywords related to their brand and help people understand what their site is about. It says, a little bit yummy, colon, low FODMAP diet recipes and meal plans. Like, wow, what a difference, right? You immediately know what the site is about, and if that's the type of content you were looking for, you're like, yep, can't wait to click and dive into this site. So customizing what is shown in your title tag after the name of your website is a super quick thing to adjust for a nice little win in the search results. To adjust what gets shown, you need to adjust some settings for the homepage within your SEO plugin. I use Yoast on a lot of my sites, but other, other people out there might be using Rank Math or All-in-One SEO or whatever. I'm just gonna go with Yoast as an example here. If you open up your homepage in WordPress, to edit the title tag, you scroll down past the post editor section until you see the box where you can adjust the Yoast SEO settings for that page. And you should see a box that says SEO title. And that is where you can edit the title tag for the page. By default, it probably just shows the name of your website, but you can add on whatever text you want next to that. Usually people will separate the site title from the rest of the text with a vertical line, a dash, or a colon. It's up to you, whatever you prefer. Punctuation is mostly ignored for SEO purposes, so don't worry about that. It's more like a stylistic choice. But the main idea here is to make the homepage title tag really speak to your ideal reader or customer and make them feel like, yep, this is the right website for me. Sometimes that means summarizing what your website is about, like in the example we just used with a low FODMAP food blog, other times it is highlighting your professional expertise. For example, I listened to Rick Mulready's podcast, The Art of Online Business, and if you Google his name for his website, it says Rick Mulready, and then a, a vertical line, business coach and online ads expert. Or if you Google Amy Porterfield, it says Amy Porterfield, vertical line, online marketing expert and New York Times bestselling author. And hers is actually a little too long, at least on my screen, it gets partially cut off, but you get the idea. For more health-related examples, if you Google Chris Cresser, it says, Chris Cresser, colon, evidence-based health answers you can trust. Or Nutrition Stripped says, Nutrition Stripped, dash, mindful eating with ease. Or The Kidney Dietitian, dash, your expert for kidney stone and CKD nutrition. You can poke around online and find a bunch more examples if you are really lacking inspiration, but this is a very quick win that you can implement in like five minutes. So if you haven't tweaked this one small aspect of your homepage yet, put it on your action list this week. And whatever you edit in the SEO title box will impact what might get displayed in the Google search results, but it won't change the formal title of that page on your website. So you can add a little catchphrase or a description to the end of the title, within those Yoast settings, and that's not gonna show up uh, displayed as your page title at the top of the page if you are currently 
displaying the page title on that page. So if there's two separate things. There's like the actual title of your page or post in WordPress, and then there's the SEO title that shows in the search results. Also note that it will take time for Google to crawl your homepage, notice these changes, and update what you're seeing in the search results. It will not be instant. If you want to speed up the process, you can manually request indexing for your homepage within Google Search Console, but I wouldn't stress too much about this. Just make the updates, and if Google hasn't picked it up in a few weeks, then maybe give them a nudge with a manual request for indexing. And also be aware that technically, Google is in charge of what they display as your title tag for any given page or post on your site. If they don't like what you've submitted or they don't think it's representative of the page, they can and will display whatever they think is the most appropriate title tag. So all we can do is our best attempt at optimizing by filling out this section within your SEO plugin settings and hope that Google chooses to display it. Tip number two is add your about page to your main navigation. I know, this one seems so obvious, but you won't believe how many people miss it. It's super important these days for Google to be able to easily find and crawl your about page and determine who is behind a website. If you bury your about page somewhere on your site and never link to it, then both users and the Google bot will have a hard time finding it. And if you read Google's quality rater guidelines, they specify that not being able to tell who is behind a website is grounds to give the site a low quality rating, especially if the website is a topic that requires trust, which nutrition definitely does. So that is obviously not good if you're missing this on your website. So the best thing you can do is include a clear about us link in your website's main navigation. This basically means that no matter where someone is on your site and no matter what page they entered your website through, They can quickly and easily click to your about page to learn more about who created the site. And being clear about the company and the people behind the content on a website is a really important part of building trust within Google's concept of EEAT, experience, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. So go to your website and double check whether you've included a link to your about page in the main navigation. And if you haven't, add one. And if you're missing an about page altogether, definitely make that a super high priority fix this week. And of course, if you're looking for guidance on how to design a high quality about page that shows off your EEAT, this is something I cover in my signature course, SEO Made Simple. And I'm even adding some more in-depth instructions and examples based on this latest round of updates of, uh, it used to just be EAT, but just in the last couple months, they updated the guide the guidelines to EEAT. They added an, an experience element. So I'm totally revamping this section of the course, and I'm hoping to have this updated version of the course open for enrollment again sometime in April 2023. That's what I'm aiming for. So if you're interested in getting notified with when the course opens up again, you can add your name to the waitlist at seowaitlist.com. Tip number three is to include contact information on your website. So similarly, having clear contact information on your website is a really crucial component for EEAT. And EEAT is very important for your money or your life topics. So basically any topic that you could be writing about that could potentially impact someone's money or their life. And the more serious the potential impact of the content and the more potential there is for harm with harmful information or misinformation, the more important EEAT becomes. 
A good barometer for whether you're writing about topics that require a lot of EEAT is whether or not someone would ask a question about this topic to an expert or whether they would feel comfortable and confident just chatting it over with their friends. For example, if someone was just diagnosed with gestational diabetes, they would want to seek diet advice from their doctor or dietitian, right? They probably would not feel comfortable or confident asking their neighbor for what to eat with this condition, especially when the health of the mother and baby are at risk. In contrast, if you're asking for recommendations about the best way to sleep with pillows while you're pregnant to stay comfortable at night, sure, maybe you'd be fine asking a friend or a neighbor for their advice on that topic, since it's not really a make it or break it thing that would significantly impact your health. So if you're covering YMYL topics, your money or your life topics, it's really important that you have easy to find contact information on your website. The more contact information you can include, the more trustworthy your site will appear. Ideally, you should have an email address, mailing address, and phone number listed. Basically, the more info you can provide, the better. I've also heard SEO expert Kyle Roof recommend on a few podcasts recently that having a few different emails listed for different ways people could contact you, like sales at your website.com, customer service at your website.com, etc., to appear like your website and company are well-organized and legitimate and take customer inquiry seriously can help you as well. And these things don't have to be crazy expensive. You can get a business phone number from Google Voice for $10 per month and a virtual mailing address from somewhere like postscanmail.com for $10 per month. And an official business email that uses your domain can be created through Google Workspace for $6 per month. And the cool thing about that is you can add email aliases that deliver to the same inbox for no extra charge. So for example, you could have your personal business email be your name at mybusiness.com. And you could also set up email aliases like support at mybusiness.com and billing at mybusiness.com that funnel into the same inbox. But you're able to actually sort of receive and send email as these alias email addresses, even though it's just you using one inbox. (laughs) So for under $30 per month, you should be all set with legitimate contact information for your website which honestly, you probably need this information when you're registering your business anyway. So this should be just considered a normal business expense. And it's still so much cheaper than the expense of renting an office space. Once you have all the appropriate contact information set up, create a contact us page and make sure it's clearly linked to in either your main navigation, footer, or ideally both. Tip number four, include the author, published date and last updated date in your blog post metadata. This tip is another small thing that seems obvious in retrospect, but can sometimes get overlooked when you're in the trenches setting up a new site. I want you to open up a blog post on your website and look at the information that shows up underneath the title. Does it have your name and credentials clearly listed as the author, or does it display a weird username or worse, no author at all? Does it show the date that the content was published? Does it show the date the content was modified or updated? It's definitely worth double checking to make sure you're following best practices. I recommend displaying the full author name with credentials if you have them, the published date and or the last updated date if relevant. If you wanna change how your author name is displayed on your website, you can do that within the WordPress settings. Just go to users and then all users and click on your username. There you can edit your first name, last name and display name. And the display name is the one that you want to select the option to where it shows your full name, 
uh, you can put your uh, credentials on the end of your last name in those boxes and then it could show your full first name, last name, and credentials in the author byline. I also use a plugin called, I don't know how you pronounce this properly, but Molongui Authorship, <laughs> M-O-L-O-N-G-U-I Authorship. It's a free plugin that can add a fancy author box underneath the post with your photo, a little bio, and links to your social profiles, your website, etc. Um, this may not be applicable, but if you're running the type of website where there's multiple authors, I really like this to sort of highlight the uh, expertise of each author. And as I said, it's free. I like the little trust boost it can provide right there on every post. And if you want to adjust the visibility of the published date and the last updated or modified date, you can usually do that within your theme settings. Many themes give you the option to display one or both of these dates, but if they don't have that built into the settings, you can probably Google it and find some custom code that you can add to your site to add this functionality to your theme. And note that even if you don't display these items on your blog posts, your theme probably already includes it in the metadata on the back end, so that even if users visiting your site can't see this info, the Google bots should be able to. But it can add a perceived level of trust to see both the author, the published date, and the updated date right there on the page. Tip number five, use a table of contents for blog posts. Another quick win you can start implementing is using a table of contents on your longer blog posts. Have you ever visited a piece of content online and at the top of the page there's a box that shows the outline of the post and you can quickly click on any of the subsections in that box and it will take you right to that spot in the article? That's a table of contents for that post. Table of contents are not only a great user experience on your site, but they also create jump links to individual sections of your post. Essentially, links that take people to each subheading within your post if they prefer to jump directly to that spot in the post. And Google can actually display those jump links in the Google search results. So for example, we have a blog post comparing Pattaya versus Acai, and there's a table of contents included at the top of that post. The table of contents basically pulls all of our headings in the blog post and creates a hierarch hi hierarchical <laughs> clickable table of contents for the blog post. And let me give you an example of how this can make your snippet in the search results even more rich and click enticing. If you Google the keyword phrase Pattaya versus Acai, you should see our newer site, nutritionistanswers.com, somewhere on the first page. I am intentionally giving you an example here from a post where we don't have the featured snippet because jump links aren't shown in the featured snippet. So at the time I'm recording this, we have the third spot in the search results on mobile. And you should see the title of our post, the date it was published, the meta description, the featured image, and then underneath that, some square white buttons that are clickable that show some of the subheadings in our post. For example, right now, our search result is showing the headings, what is Pattaya, what is acai, Pattaya versus acai, flavor comparison, and nutrition comparison. And yes, you can scroll from left to right through all the options and then enter the section of the post that you're most interested in. So if someone clicked on one of those links, they'd be taken directly to that spot in the article without needing to scroll anywhere. Currently, no other websites ranking on page one for this keyword are using jump links in their post. So we are the only search result with this sort of rich feature and it makes us stand out a bit and hopefully get more clicks. You can add a table of contents like this to your post really easily with a free plugin. The one I'm currently using and liking is called Lucky WP Table of Contents. 
And of course, if you'd like more guidance on how to use this plugin or even going back more to basics, like how to structure an excellent blog post with headings and subheadings so that it has the best potential to rank in Google, as always, I'd love you to join the waitlist for my course, SEO Made Simple, so that you can be notified when it opens again for enrollment. And again, that's at seowaitlist.com. Tip number six is to claim your knowledge panel. So this is my last quick tip today for a quick SEO win, and this is one that may only apply to more advanced business owners. So don't think I've forgotten about you if you're listening and you're uh, miles ahead of most online business owners. Uh, This tip is to claim your Google Knowledge Panel if you have one. Now you might be wondering, what the heck is a Google Knowledge Panel, right? Well, if you ever Google the name of a person who's quote unquote famous in in your niche or just in general, you might see an information box displayed in the right-hand sidebar of the Google search results on desktop that contains a bunch of the most important or relevant information you might wanna know about that person. Usually there's a link to their website, there's a little about excerpt pulled from somewhere like Wikipedia or their Google Books profile, for example and sometimes more personal information like the person's birth date and location, spouse, nationality, education, published books, etc. And then it will usually show links to that person's social profiles as well, like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And that summary box of information is a Google Knowledge Panel. It's essentially a display of the information that Google has stored on this person inside their knowledge graph. And the knowledge graph is basically Google's database of facts about billions of people, places, and things. Essentially, if you've done enough publicly notable things in your niche so that Google sort of has a backlog of information on you that they deem worthy of displaying, then they may present that information as a knowledge panel in the Google search results. And I'll be honest with you, you have to be pretty well known in order to have a knowledge panel in Google. Like you may need to be a well-recognized author, journalist, podcaster, YouTuber, TV show host, etc., to gain one of these. But there are definitely dietitians and other health and wellness professionals out there who have one. So if you don't have a knowledge panel yet, it's just something to aspire to. Don't feel dismayed if you don't have one in the search results at this moment. In fact, for a very brief moment, I had one showing that I was a blogger, but then it stopped displaying recently, so womp womp. So these things are fluid. You could try checking to see if you have a knowledge panel maybe every six months or so, and then go from there. And I will say that one of the things that I see move the needle on this the fastest is becoming a published author. Getting your author profile listed within Google Books seems to be a great way for them to know about you as an authoritative expert and display more information about you within a knowledge panel. But basically, if you're well-known enough to earn a knowledge panel, you will see a claim this knowledge panel button on the bottom of the knowledge panel. So if there is a panel about you, you are eligible to claim the panel. And then once you're approved, you can request edits of any of the information displayed there in case it's incorrect. You'll have to go through a somewhat lengthy process of verifying your identity with Google in order to claim the panel. But once you're approved, you have some editorial control over what gets shown in your knowledge panel. So that's my final tip. If you are lucky enough to have a knowledge panel in Google, definitely claim it so that you can have some editorial input as to what gets displayed there. I hope you enjoyed this episode with six quick SEO tips that take 20 minutes or less to implement. My goal is that there was at least one thing we talked about in this episode 
where you're like, oh, wow, I'm totally making that mistake or, wow, I'm not doing that, but I should be. And that you can go and take action this week and see some improvements in your website and your search engine optimization. And as always, if you're listening and you're not yet a member of my free Facebook community and you'd love to connect with nearly 14,000 other food and wellness professionals interested in unconventional career paths and especially online business, just search for the Unconventional RD community on Facebook and request to join. Other than that, I'll catch you next week with a new episode.